Hello, I'm Brooke Johnson. Welcome to my father's podcast. For this week's message, or any of the messages in our archive, subscribe for free on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Bethel Christian Fellowship is a church that relies on the support of its community. We consider you a part of that community, and we would love for you to participate in our financial life. You can do that at our website at drcraigjohnson.org. Whether you're new to this space or a regular pod listener, we're glad you're here. We believe that this message will bring you hope, encouragement, and guidance. God bless you. Good morning, streaming family. We welcome you in the name of Jesus. Put your hands together, saints. Let's greet our streaming family. We are coming to you from room 101 at the Hampton Inn and Suites. And as usual, Mike has given us a beautiful framework and a, a frame for this picture today. And I am so delighted to bring you to God's word today. We're going to be in Numbers chapter 27. And I'd like to introduce you to five names I guarantee you've never heard. Mala, Noah, no giggling, Hogla, Milka, and Tirza. You say, Craig, I, I know very well Mala and Noah and Hogla and Milka and Tirza. I, I was just talking about them this morning. You're lying like a rug. Today we're going to be talking in our continued series called Discern. We're going to be dealing with the five daughters of Zelophehad today. We're going to go back to the book of Numbers. Now, have you ever noticed when you're reading your Bible, Genesis seems to be all right, and then all of a sudden you get to Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and you get to Numbers, and the, the begats, and the genealogies, and the allotments of land, and all this stuff, that's when it gets dry, and we figure, well, we'll skip over that. Well, beloved, genealogies may not be of interest to you, but they were certainly would be of interest to you if you were going to inherit a lot of money from your rich relatives who were about to die all of a sudden a genealogy and your place in the family was very interesting mm -hmm. and especially if you were first in line for an inheritance now you talk about all the land allotments in the book of Joshua that's no that's no way that can't be inspired unless God gave you land in the greater Los Angeles area, then boy, you would be interested in the zoning and the codes and you want to know where it began and where it ended exactly and you'd get into the details. See, genealogies are important if, if we're talking about you inheriting a lot of money in your family and land allotments would be of utmost infinite interest to you <laughs> if it was a lot of land. A dear friend of mine told me he was offered a bunch of land here in Westlake years ago in the 50s and he didn't see any value in it, and he turned it down. Well, it's now Westlake Village, and the man that owned most of the city offered it to his ministry, and he turned it down because he did not have the vision to see the value of it. So today we're going to be talking about some interesting names, and we're going to be talking about some interesting tribal allotments, but, but we're going to basically get you focused and I'm talking today specifically a word of encouragement to the women of God today. This word applies to all of us. But as we look at the five daughters of Zelophehad, we're going to look at unique instances of holding to the promise of God and receiving and obeying the commands of God. Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, 
in Tirzah. In Numbers chapter 27, verses 1 through 11. In Numbers chapter 36, verses 1 through 12. And in Joshua chapter 17, we hear the names of these five women. And you say, well, I don't understand their value. Well, we're going to look at women of faith today. And we're going to encourage everyone. You are the true daughters of Zelophehad. God has given you unique vision to seize his promises today. And he's giving you the unique opportunity to obey your placement in the kingdom. Now, let's go to Numbers 27, and I'm going to read you some interesting text here. The names of the daughters were Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milcah, and Tirzah. And they came forward and stood before Moses, Eleazar the priest, the leaders in the whole assembly at the entrance to the tent of meeting, and said, Our father died in the wilderness. He was not among Korah's followers who banded together against the Lord, but he died for his own sin and left no sons. Why should our father's name disappear from his clan? Because he had no son. Give us property among our father's relatives. So Moses brought their case before the Lord, and the Lord said to him, What Zelophehad's daughters are saying is right. You must certainly give them property as an inheritance among their father's relatives, and give their father's inheritance to them. Say to the Israelites, If a man dies and leaves no son, Give his inheritance to his daughter. If he has no daughter, give his inheritance to his brothers. If he has no brothers, give his inheritance to his father's brothers. If his father had no brothers, give his inheritance to the nearest relative in his clan, that they may possess it, that they may have land. You say, what on earth does this have to do with anything? <laughs> well, beloved, we're going to take you back to the children of Israel, they're still in the circularity of the wilderness. They have not yet come into the promised land, the land of Canaan. But did you know that God promised Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, ages ago, he promised a special and unique land for God's people. And every one of us have benefited from prophetic promises over our lives. But you know, sometimes you have to wait for the fulfillment of the promise of the Lord. Now, when I was young and immature, I thought if I got a prophecy at two weeks max, it would be fulfilled. Two months if we were stretching the boundaries of credulity. But in, 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 in uh, Genesis 15, Abraham receives a promise about the land and about the inheritance that is going to be given to his people. And it took years and years and years. And the children of Israel, we see them wandering for 40 years in the wilderness because they wouldn't initially believe that promise. And yet, did you know, in every season of circularity, there are young women of God young men of God who love the Lord, have an ear open to his promise, and who actually believe everything God says. So are the daughters of Zelophehad. Who are they? They were five young unmarried girls. They were in, not yet in the promised land. They're in the land, the season of circularity in the wilderness. But they know that God has promised 
He's promised that all of them will have a portion in the land. Well, their father, Zelophehad, he dies. And he has no sons. And thus far, the law of Moses says that the law of inheritance goes from a man to his sons. Essentially a patriarchal situation. Well, what happens if a man has a special unique case and has no sons and only daughters? What will become of the daughters? Well, according to the law at this time, they would have been destitute. The daughters of Zelophehad, Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, Tirzah, they're meditating on the promise of the Lord and they're realizing they're all going to get into the land and right now the inheritance laws go from daddy to the boys. What about the girls? What about us? Our father's dead and therefore he has no sons. What place will we have in God's inheritance? What about all the unique cases? There are two million people. There's got to be at least some unique cases where a father has no sons. And so these precious young women, they, with a courageous petition, believing in the promises of the Lord, they go before Moses. Now look at the boldness of this. They go to the tabernacle where the glory of God is. They go and stand before Moses, the man who is face to face in communion with God, and he's there with Eleazar, the high priest. Aaron is long dead. His son is now the high priest. He's the man in charge of mediating heaven and earth to the people of God. And the 70 elders at least are there. All the chief men of Israel and these five girls in holy boldness, or I would say holy chutzpah, their confidence in God's promise brings them to the very center of the encampment and they bring their petition before Moses faith yes radical feminism no they're not confronting the poisonous patriarchy in order to slap it down and win the first victory for women but they are passionate about their father's name they realize Zelophehad is dead. Now, what's interesting is they're very honest about it. They say, you know what, Moses, dear sir, we are here to petition on the basis of the promises of God. God has promised there's a place of land and inheritance for all of us. But my father died. He has no sons. So therefore, his name would perish. And right now, we're just daughters. We have no standing in the land. We will be destitute. We will not have any property. Our father's name. But notice they're passionate about their father's name. And the, 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 the fact that we can't bear the concept that our father's name would perish in Israel because there are no males to inherit any of the land. Therefore, we ask that you would grant to us the inheritance portion that would, would have gone to our father. That we can, they're thinking ahead into multiple generations of seed that would have come through Zelophehad. And they say, preserve us a place that we may raise up seed, that we may not allow our father's name to be forgotten in the land. And the Bible says it was a hard case and Moses had nothing to say. You know, it's okay as a leader when you really don't know what to do. 
Remember last week we've been talking about how when there isn't a clear word of scripture, when there's not a prescriptive word, thus shall you shall do thus and so in this situation, then you have to punt to the principles of God. You have to know the character of God. The friends you're intimate with, you know their ways, you know what they like, you know what they dislike, you know what they would want for dinner, you know what they would do in a situation. And with the Lord, we're to be so intimate with him that we know his word, his prescribed will, and this should always be our first commitment. God's written word. What does the word of the Lord say? But when there is no word, we have to punt to principles. Last week, we looked at the fact that sometimes we just have to do the test of expediency. Is this going to really help me in my life and help me in my onward progress in Jesus? You have to be brutally honest. Yes or no? Then we looked at the test of enslavement. Sometimes you have to just say, I don't have a word from the Lord in Scripture on this, but is, does this have me? Is this a, a behavior, a person, place, or thing that owns me that I can't walk away from? Anything we can't walk away from has us. We don't have it. And we looked at the test of edification. Sometimes you just have to be brutally honest and say, is this really edifying me? Is this building me up or tearing me down in my way? And sometimes, beloved, we have to be brutally honest before God. When we do not have a written word, we have to go to the Lord. And these five daughters of Zelophehad, Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, Tirzah, they realize that as things stand, they're still in the place of circularity. They haven't come into the land yet, but when they get in, they're going to have nothing. They're going to be destitute. And so they bring it to Moses. And what, what does Moses say? The great man of God. He has nothing to say. Crickets. Because there thus far is no prescriptive rule. With regard. So it says he goes to the Lord. And beloved, that's what we have to do. We have to go to God with the hard cases of our lives. I wish everything was written out and spelled out, but God doesn't want midgets in the kingdom. He wants giants. And the only way for us to grow in the Lord is to have to pursue him and have to seek him. And when there's not a prescriptive clear word, we need to have a principle. And you say, well, how do I learn the principles? Get to know him. Get to know his ways. Yeah, that's subjective sometimes, you know. Well, I know the ways of the Lord. Ooh, you know. You don't want to be swinging from chandeliers and be so nutty. But chandeliers are blessed, even for women. I didn't see Gretchen's name in here, but she seemed to intrude herself. Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, Tears, and Gretchen. <laughs> we must pursue the Lord in such a way as to learn his loves, his likes, his dislikes. The Holy Spirit is a person. Did you know the Holy Spirit is not an it? I'm so tired of people saying Holy Spirit. When you walk in the room, do they go, there it is. When David Logaman came in, did we go, oh, it's here. Logaman, talk about him like he's an it. He's not an it. He's a who. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He's not an impersonal, cosmic, floating it. The precious Holy Spirit is God, the Holy Ghost. He's a who, not a what. Amen? So talk about him. Be tender towards him. Don't say Holy Spirit like, like you're dealing with some, What was that? It was Holy Spirit. No, the Holy Spirit. Sorry, this is a big issue to me. 
because he's, a, he, he's not an impersonal cosmic electricity. He's a who that you can know, and he can be grieved, Paul says in the book of Ephesians. The precious dove of God can be offended. And so we have to become extremely sensitive to his ways. And sometimes we have to get quiet, and sometimes we have to meditate, and sometimes we can't be talking all the time. He gave you two ears and one mouth. Talk less. Listen more. When you're talking, you're not learning. So these five young unmarried girls, we don't know how old they were, but they were very young. They knew the history of their people. They know their father's sin. You know what they said? They said, look, our daddy was part of those idiots that left Egypt and didn't believe the Lord. And he rightfully died for his sins. Remember, there were 100 funerals a day for 40 years. Their dad was one of them. So they said, look, our daddy was a dog. All right. He died just like Jesus, just like God said they would all die that came out and were unbelieving. But he was not a rebel. He died because he was a sinner. But he wasn't in uh, in uh, in chapter 16. He wasn't with Korah. Korah was the rebel that came against Moses to destroy him and his leadership. And, and the Bible says the earth swallowed him up. He said, our daddy didn't follow that rebel. Our daddy was a sinner. Yeah, we admit it. We knew him well. But he, his sin did not fall into the category of rebellion, so he still qualified for a piece of the inheritance in the promised land. And he had no sons. So what are we going to do? We're going to die. Well, everybody goes to their allotments. There's going to be nothing for us. We're going to be begging for food if we don't starve to death, if we don't have to become prostitutes in order to meet our needs. And the Bible says that Moses took it to God, and God said the daughters of Zelophehad are correct. They're exactly right. And notice, a new statute appears for the first time in biblical history. Women of God. God wants to use you to be history makers and world changers. He wants you to impact your time in such a significant way that you're going to change everything from the way it was to the way it now can be. God Almighty brings a new statute. He says, okay, okay, uh, Moses, let's take care of this right now. From now on, you know, and he's got his pen because this is Holy Scripture. From now on, uh, if they, uh, you need to let the inheritance, he doesn't have any sons, going to go to the daughters. If he doesn't have daughters, it's going to go to the next of kin. And then he gives a, 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 a very important new statute in the law of Moses about the law of inheritance. And these five girls, their confidence in the promise of God brought this to the attention of Moses and the Lord himself. And the Lord says, we're going to put a new scripture down. Amen. Good job, women of promise. Yes. You actually believe the promises of God. You act, these people are murmuring and gossiping, and you're not murmuring, and you're not gossiping, and your hearts are right before the Lord, and you just can't wait to get into the land. But oopsie, you've discovered something that isn't included right now in the status quo. These were women of faith. 
They weren't rebelling. They weren't taking the man down. We attacked the patriarchy and we struck our first blow. No, 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 no. They had faith, but they weren't feminists in the sense in which we see so much turmoil and turbulence in our time. We live in a time now where people, everyone has a cause. Have you noticed that? Everybody's got a cause. I want to fight for animal rights, and I'm going to fight for this, and I'm going to fight for that. And there's nothing wrong, beloved. Justice is that which God births in his word. But I want you to see that these young women, they were, they were, they were following the tracks of God's promise. You've heard my analogy before. A train on its tracks is liberated to fulfill its destiny. If you see a train on its tracks, right, and you see other, uh, other little trains saying, come on, jump off the tracks. You're bound. Be liberated. Be like us. And then you, you, you're dumb enough to listen and you knock your little train off the tracks. And now you're laying sideways. Your wheels are spinning. And you can no longer fulfill your destiny. Uh, is that freedom? No, a, tr- a train is free, utterly free when it is on its tracks, fulfilling its destiny, going 100 miles an hour in the right direction. A train is never liberated by jumping off of its tracks. And so they were pursuing the tracks of the promise of God. There's a place for everyone, every man, every male. Yet we as daughters want a place as well. And God puts an initial statute that didn't appear before because of their belief in the promises of God. God is calling us to have radical faith in his promises. Beloved, it's time to focus on what God has promised us. Go dig back over those prophecies. The Apostle Paul put it this way, Timothy, war according to the prophecies that were spoken over you when we laid hands on you. There are sometimes life prophetic words that have been given to us. Or, or passions in your heart, talents, gifts, and abilities. The Greek word is pothos. Pothos was when you were seized with a passion. Alexander the Great was seized with a pothos to conquer the Persians. And you know what he did? Conquered them Persians. He ate, slept, drank, and breathed conquering the Persians. You couldn't talk to him. Well, I'm saying, you know, have I mentioned the Persians today? They need to be conquered. Have you noticed that? Well, guess what? And everybody goes, oh, here he goes again. Here he goes again. That's a pothos. That's a God-given, in-breathed passion. And And the life prophecies over your life, the life passions you've longed for, are good clues and tells as to what you're anointed to do. What flips your switch? But what blows your skirt up? What can you give yourself 100% to? What would you do if no one paid you at all? What flows most naturally from your gifts and abilities? What produces the most fruit with the least amount of effort in and through you? Daughters of Zelophehad. They were women of faith. If they could perceive God had made the promise, they were bold, they were zealous, and they were unstoppable. They were not arrogant, they were humble, and they brought respect. But this confidence brought them before Moses and the tabernacle and the very presence of God and the high priest and all those male leaders. Here stand those girls. They're not defying anyone, but their faith is delicious. 
and they are going to be catalysts for change in their generation. They said, what about the cause of all of us young ladies that don't stand a chance because our fathers have died and there are no sons in our family? And the Lord said, fix that, Moses, right now. And here is the statute in perpetuity forever with regard to inheritance law. Change brought by Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, Tirza, and Gretchen. Amen. Amen. Now, there's a little wrinkle in this because when we go to, uh, we moved uh, from Numbers chapter 27 to Numbers chapter 36, and they were from, these uh, five daughters are from the tribe of Manasseh, right? Remember Manasseh was the son of Joseph. Remember he had two boys, Ephraim and Manasseh? So they're from a very privileged lineage. They come from uh, Joseph, ultimately. They could trace their lineage way back. And the problem, though, with this new statute is that women, before God changed the rules and allowed women to have inheritance rights, what would happen is women were given a dowry by their fathers. But when they married into a, a family, they were no longer part of that family. They moved into their uh, husband's house, and then the dowry went to the husband. Now, here's how it went. In ancient Israel, when a woman married into a, a, another tribe, her inheritance went to the husband. And so... The tribe of Manasseh starts seeing this new statute God made, and they start seeing a new wrinkle in a problem. And their problem comes up as they go, wait a minute, these daughters of Zelophehad, you just gave them inheritance. They've taken it from the tribe of Manasseh. And whenever they marry a husband, let's say they meet a good-looking bloke from Judah, all right, and they switch tribes, right? They go on their app. And they find a handsome, strapping man from the tribe of uh, Dan. Oh, he's so beautiful, and I've never met this. Okay, the problem is, if you leave with your stuff from the tribe of Manasseh, and you move into the tribe of Dan, they're going to absorb all that Manasseh inheritance and land. See, this is a complex thing. They're about to go into the promised land. Joshua has to allot all this land so that every tribe of about 2 million people is all going to get their proper inheritance. And so the tribe of Manasseh goes, you know, being legalistic and self-interested, they go, wait a minute. These, I'm glad you blessed Mala and Noah and Hogla and Milka and Tirza. And I'm glad women now can inherit stuff. But when women marry, what if they go to another tribe? Oh, that's going to absorb all of our Manasseh power and all of our tribal land, and it's going to get less and less and less and less. And, they, and guess what? Moses goes to God again. And he goes, Lord, what are we going to do? And God brings forth a ruling again concerning these five girls. He says, oh, we're back to the daughters of Zelophehad, my women of faith. They come face to face with my leaders. They're comfortable in front of my presence in the tabernacle. The Ark of the Covenant with Ten Commandments is right there, and they're more than comfortable in their confidence to be in my presence. Well, now he gives another set, the second statue. He says, I'm going to tell you about my 
precious daughters of Zelophehad. I said yes to their request about inheriting land, but I'm now going to set a limit and a boundary. <clears throat> they must marry within the tribe. They can marry anyone they want, but they got to marry within the tribe of Manasseh. You like that first part, don't you? You can marry anyone you want, anyone you see best. But it's got to be a strapping young man in the tribe of Manasseh. You can't go to Dan. You can't go to Benjamin. You can't go to Judah. Now, here's a boundary being placed on Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milka, and Tirzah. Now, how are they going to handle the train tracks God gives them? Are they going to rebel and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. We like the first statute. We don't like this new wrinkle that you're now going to put a, uh, uh, you're going to straight jacket us on a train track here. No, they humble themselves in complete submission. Beloved, they know the promise of God. Their faith is incredible. They're utterly courageous because of their knowledge of their people's history. But they also yield to the commandments of God. They are more than comfortable, a little train on their tracks. They said, holiness, we are so grateful to marry within our tribe. Yes, sir. Just as we love and embrace your promises and we know you're going to fulfill them. And now we know we have a place in our seat in perpetuity because we trust you, Lord. We know you're kind. We know you're fair. We know you're gracious and beloved when things aren't just going your way right now. When you know God's promises and your, your reality doesn't look anything like the promises you've been given. Hold on. The five daughters of Zelophehad teach us. It may look any way it looks. We're going to have our inheritance. Don't worry about it. God said. God said. And then God brings a boundary and he says, okay, daughters, okay. I'm going to let you marry whoever you want, but you're going to have to marry uniquely within your tribe because I can't have all this land going from tribe to tribe. It's going to whittle down to nothing. They said, yes, sir. Bless your holy name. They embrace his promises with utter sheer confidence and they surrender to the commandments. Of God, beloved, the commandments of the Lord aren't grievous. Notice the train tracks are there to protect you. They're there to help you assist a fulfillment of your destiny. You're not bound on the train tracks. That train is utterly bound. I think your interpretation is wrong. Trains are liberated on their tracks. See, the whole world looks at us and says, yo, you Christians are bound. You're walking within the corral of God's commandments. You people, oh, I, no, 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 no. We're free. We're liberated. They're bound. The wild horse that is randomly eating garbage and sowing its wild oats and has no structure and boundaries, that's not a free horse. We who have been trained as war horses under the hand of the Lord, we who have been disciplined in his care, we who are firmly fixed on the train tracks of destiny, we're liberated. We are utterly free to fulfill our destiny without fear of failure. These women were women of faith and boldness and confidence and courage, but they also submit to the commandments of God. They love the boundaries of God. They kiss the very tracks God puts them on. And they said, yes, sir, we will marry within our tribe. And I bet they found the best looking men in that tribe. And the scripture says that they went on to produce great fruit in great happiness because they knew their history and they knew God's promise and they believed and God on their behalf changed their times and seasons. Oh, beloved, 
I believe with all my heart that God has caused us to be agents of change in our time. Men, women, boys, and girls, this is a word for you. God literally raised the daughters of Zelophehad into a posture of sons with regard to inheritance. They were confident in their walk with God without reference to gender. They were utterly in love with the king. They knew his word better than anyone. They cherished his promises and were a driving engine of hope in the wilderness. We've always said Joshua and Caleb were probably had a good spirit in the wilderness. Well, these five daughters also were in there giving hope, encouragement, strength, edification. Oh, beloved, please let your presence bring life like the presence of Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Tirsa. They gave life wherever they went. They gave hope wherever they went. They lifted people up wherever they went. They taught the history of their people wherever they went. They knew God's word. And then when God gave a boundary, they surrendered to the commandment of God. The Lord will never, and notice by obeying God and marrying within their tribe of Manasseh, God protected them from outside wicked suitors. He was protecting them. Well, I'm a train on the tracks. I'm really limited. No, no, no. God's protecting you, beloved. Well, I wish I could go 40 different tracks. No, you don't need to be at the train station longing to go to 40 different track train. Tra Stay on the tracks God's put you on. He is protecting you. He's not isolating you. He's guarding you. They were protected against suitors who might go, ka-ching, ka-ching, let's cash in on their inheritance. What's your sign, baby? Who? Hogla. I like that name. What does it mean in Hebrew? Hey, 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 loved one, God's protecting you. These boundaries are assaultive. No, they aren't. No, they aren't. These women, they're demonstrating discernment. Now, let me just push one little wrinkle here. Did you notice that the daughters of Zelophehad were involved with hard cases? Beloved, can people bring hard cases to you? Hard cases. There's no principial thing in Scripture. There's a principle in Scripture somewhere maybe that covers it, but there is no direct promise. Are you an apt scholar in the kingdom like these five daughters? Do you know the word of God? Do you know the prescriptive word? Do you know the 66 books of the Bible before you press the eyes and see the funny lights and hear voices all the time? Why don't you learn the written word of God? You can spend 60 lifetimes studying this book in the original languages and you're never going to run drive this well. So before you punt to a liver quiver and a blessing in your bosom, and I think the Lord told me to eat that piece of bacon and wear this tie today. Look, I'm a Holy Ghost man as much as anyone. Head and heart, meal and oil, word and spirit. But why don't we learn this book first and spend our life mastering this book? Amen. Before we have to go searching after, I saw a a vision of a cheese omelet, and it was hanging over my bed, Pastor. What does it mean? It means you're insane, he says to himself, often. Craig's little bubble above his head. Mm -hmm. Beloved, there's something about having the Scripture committed to memory that 
the more scripture you have in you, the more you have access to when it comes to giving people an answer in hard cases. And notice they always brought the hard cases to Moses and Moses always took them to God. What a smart man. Remember the guy picking up sticks on the Sabbath? He's, what do we do with him? He's working on the Sabbath. God, Moses punted to God. He said, it's a hard case, Lord. I give it to you. And this was a hard case, and he passed it right over to the Lord. Beloved, I believe that you're a scribe of the kingdom. You're able to bring old and new together. You're, you're to know scripture, and you're to know the Lord and the principles of his way. You're to know his way in such a way that even difficult cases can be presented to you. Have you ever noticed that you're a knot untire? You're a naughty boy or a naughty girl. That means people bring hard things to you. I, I mean, you can tie a knot so tight in time that you can't untie it in eternity. You ever seen one of those knots? You just pull it and you pull it and you pull it and it's an infinitesimal little knot. And that, But we can bring it to you and somehow, you know, it's like, is this magic? What are, they, are they Doug Henning? What, what, what's ha God can give you the finesse to untie knots nobody else can deal with. Gordian knots. There was a knot called the Gordian knot, and it was a knot that was tied, and the, the, the prophecy was whoever could untie this knot or solve the issue would be Lord of Asia. And Alexander the Great came upon it, and he tried to look to get it undone. He just took his sword out and just cut the thing open and said, there, the Gordian knot is untied. I'm the Lord of Asia. Well, seemed a little unconventional, but he became the Lord of Asia. Sometimes, beloved, you haven't realized that all your life God has put an anointing of favor on you where you're able to untie knots. You're able to handle hard cases. Don't flee from that. Run to the roar. Embrace that capacity. Ask God for more wisdom. James 1.5 says, if we, last if we lack practical wisdom concerning any of the events of life or affairs of life, we can ask the Lord and he will give us wisdom. Remember, knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad, right? God's given you not just knowledge, accumulated pins, but he's given you wisdom, the pin cushion, that you can strategically place them. That's an anointing for hard cases. That's what the five daughters of Zelophehad had brought to Moses. So hard, he couldn't handle it. He had to take to God. Embrace your ability to be a knot untire in the kingdom. Let people bring difficulties to you. And did you notice? Moses said, I want you all in a lower level of leadership to handle everything. Only bring the hard cases to me. Moses is old. He's going to die within a chapter or two. He, he does not have time to, to argue about your inheritance or your little tiny little biscuit question. He said, bring the hard cases to me. Let everybody solve it at a lower level. You don't bring the president of the United States every case. In fact, you're supposed to only bring the hard cases that only he can handle. And did you know, um, I knew President Kennedy's secretary, Evelyn Lincoln. And if you ever look at, there's a day in the life of the president, a book that was written about Kennedy's administration. Did you know the president's schedule, what it looks like? <clears throat> From 2 o'clock to 2.02, they meet with your organization. Two minutes. From 2.02 to 2.05, that's when the other group comes in. And then from 2.05 to 
to 209. You don't go into the Oval Office and hang with the president. You go in strategically and you cut to the chase real quick because he handles the hard cases. I'm prophesying to some daughters of Zelophehad. God's given you the anointing to untie knots, to cut through Gordian knots, to handle difficult cases. That's why you've been made a head and heart person, a meal and oil person, a word and spirit person. Remember Paul said to the beautiful church at Ephesus, I've been here three years and I've been declaring the whole counsel of God to you. I'm not giving you bits and pieces. I'm giving you the whole thing, the whole enchilada. And that's what we want to do here. We want to, we want to give you the whole gospel so that when you face difficult cases, you're a master of your history, of the promises of God, of the 66 books of the Bible, and you're anointed by the precious Holy Spirit in your gift to be able to adjudicate hard cases. Well, they came into the land. They succeeded. They're confident in the promises. Their confidence in the promises of God brought a statute that changed everything for the daughters of Israel. They were agents of change. They married happily within their tribe of Manasseh. And we see them in Joshua chapter 17. Moses is dead, and here they come again. They come walking on up to the new leader, Joshua, and they go, Joshua, I don't know if you remember us. We're Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Tirzah. And uh, we're the ones that God changed the statutes in Israel about. We just wanted to remind you just before we cross the water into Jericho of what Moses promised us. <laughs> Joshua goes, yeah, I know you. I remember. <laughs> Squeaky wheel gets the grease. No, 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 no. They were gracious. We don't treat Gretchen that way when she comes up again to us. We just go, bless your heart. Joshua knew them too. These women were confident. They were bold. They had access intimately to the very glory and presence of the Lord Jesus. Oh, beloved, I want to pray right now. This is just not just for the women of God, but I'm talking specifically about some blessed daughters of Zelophehad. You can go read about them. Look them up. I want to pray a special anointing on you, a special honey anointing. Father, right now, I pray your oil would fall upon the daughters of Zelophehad. Lord, those who have a voracious interest to learn your 66 books of our Bible, those that have a sense of passion over your promises, Lord, help them commit your word to memory. Help them learn systematic theology. Help them have a passion to learn everything they possibly can about the promises of God so that they can see where there's a lack. They can see that there's a hole open where there's a place that has not been covered and they can learn your principles as well so that they can adjudicate hard cases, Lord, and bring life to places of brokenness with your holy principles, Lord Jesus. 
We pray that you would give the knot anointing, Lord, that they can untie complex knots in your kingdom, Lord. Counseling issues, issues of the heart, inner issues, having authority over dark powers, Lord. Give them a a nimbleness and a fluidity like these daughters of Zalava had to be able to know your promises and then, Lord, understand and embrace your commandments and be a train on the tracks fulfilling their destinies, Lord Jesus. Give them the discernment for hard and difficult cases, Lord. Let us be known in the gates as men, women, boys, and girls who can be approached with difficult anomalies in life, that we are comfortable with hard cases. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you say amen? Put your hands together if you would. Bless the Lord. Receive his word. Oh, daughters of Zelophehad, and you know, and you see how this applies to all of us. I love these girls. In every generation, God has his remnant, his remnant boys and girls, whatever age you are, you're part of the remnant people of God in this generation. If you're alive and you're on the right side of the grass, there's a purpose for you. Ecclesiastes says, as long as you're alive, there's hope. If you're still alive, and I met this week with some saints, and we've known each other for about 45 years, and we got on the phone and got to talking and got to squawking and got to prophesying and realized all the prophecies we received 45 years ago that have not yet been fulfilled, we're going to be like the daughters of Zelophehad. We remember them, and we are confident. We're not bitter. We're not angry. We're better. Our spirits are fresh. You drink from us, you're going to get fresh water. You touch our lives, you're going to get encouraged. You're going to get lifted up. You're going to get blessed. No matter what's going on, no matter what it looks like, I'm still holding the promises God gave me when I was five years of age. I'm 64 now. Still holding to them. Because God does not lie. Amen. And I said on my tomb, they can put, he meant well. He did. (laughs) The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift his countenance unto you. Give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. It's good to be back in the house of the Lord. Yes, As you prepare your elements, got a little testimony. I'm like Craig. No matter what the enemy throws at me, I just keep trusting his word. Come on. I've had some bad medical reports in the last you know year or so, but he is so faithful and true. Um, so my back issue is incredibly better. Every time the enemy attacks me, you know what what I now know? The enemy exacerbates all this because he wants me to stop doing what I'm doing. He wants me to stop playing drums. He wants me to stop going around and being mobile. And But I'm not stopping. And I just keep trusting the Lord. And I feel great today. My back is healed. Just like he healed me of uh, the blood cancer that I had, I just had a blood test for my uh, prostate cancer. 
my PSA went from 6.1 down to 4.9. Come on. So Jesus is holding that in check, and I believe he's actually eradicating it from my body. You know? He says, Jesus says in the, in the Gospel of John that he is the bread that came down from heaven. He is the bread of life. He says, referring to himself, whoever eats this bread has eternal life. That's what we have in us because he lives in us. It's that resurrection power that let's grab on to today and let's break the bread and let's partake, thanking him for his sacrifice. And then Jesus established the new covenant in his blood for the forgiveness of all of our sins, past, present, future. They're all washed away because your faith in his blood. Let's partake. So just like those daughters that Pastor Craig was talking about, let's hold on to these promises. Hold on to his word in boldness, in boldness. And he is faithful and true. His word will never fail you. Thank you all. God bless you. What a joy to have you back, our dear brother. We love you. And all of our dear streamers, we love you. Warners are there. I know you're there. I think Jackie's there. Hello. We love you so much. We thank God for you. And our Marie, I think, is there. We love you, Marie. What a delight to live in this age. There's something beautiful about feasting on God's promises is that God's fulfillments are always greater than his promises. They're always unique. They're always weird. They take back channels. You think a promise is going to be fulfilled a certain way? Oh, contraire. You want to make God laugh? Tell him your plans. But he always fulfills his promises in nuanced ways, subtle ways, totally ways you couldn't believe. He treasures those that treasure his promise. You know, the land of Canaan was the promised land, and he owned the land and the people who owned the land. He possessed the people that possessed the land. That's what it's about. We want to be possessed by our king and animated with his will. That starts with learning the scriptures, rightly dividing the word of God, allowing the meal and oil of the Holy Ghost to blend in us, and then for us to be able to handle difficult, naughty questions. He'll use you to cut the Gordian knot in somebody else's life. Let him do it. Let him do it. You know, it's interesting to me. Your issues aren't my issues. I can look in at your life. Isn't it funny? And I have no problem giving you counsel on what you should do in your situation. But I need you to look into my life and give me counsel for my situation. You have infinite faith for me. And I have infinite faith for you. <clears throat> but we don't have infinite faith for ourselves. That's why we need the body of Christ. That's why the church is a body. The church is a building. The church is an army. We're many parts that join together to bless the others. I, can see, I, I can't see my back, but you can, so I need to trust you to have my back.
and vice versa. So, beloved, whatever it looks like, didn't look too good for the daughters of Zelophehad. Looked like they were destitute, destined for death and destruction. But God intervened and transformed the situation. Father, I pray a unique and special crowning blessing on your precious lamb today, Lord. You know our longings, Lord. You know the longings in us that have yet to be fulfilled. Your very promises stir up longings that just remain in us until they're fulfilled. So we ask God that you would uniquely meet the promises of our lifetimes with the fulfillments of lifetime in our lifetime, Lord. We thank you for heaven and that's wonderful, but we want to see on earth the fulfillment of what you promised us for this earthly life. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you and we also are so thankful for your financial support. It's so easy to go online and just click, become a one-time giver, a monthly giver. Uh, we actually do survive on the basis of your gifts. If we feed you, you feed us. If we don't feed you, go over to TBN and give there. Amen. But we do ask that you would seek the Lord about maybe helping us, encouraging us. If you don't give anywhere, we'd love to receive Jack and the Beanstalk Seed. We hope this, we know this is good ground for your seed. Father, thank you for, we pray for the blessing of all those financially, Lord, watching. Provide for them and their loved ones and their families, Lord. Meet all of their needs, spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful week. We hope today's message has been a blessing to you. And if it has, please visit our website at drcraigjohnson.org. There you can find additional messages of encouragement. And if our ministry has been a blessing to you, please consider us in your ministry giving, as we depend solely on the financial assistance of our listeners like yourself. Also, please feel free to send any personal prayer requests. You can find us online at drcraigjohnson.org. God bless you.